Hey everybody, what is going on? It is episode number 196 of the Audible Farm Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa. I I tell you every week, I drink it every morning. I don't say all this stuff just because they write it down and tell me to. This is just stuff I think up every single week. A lot of it is kind of the same, but it's it's the standard should hold true to the fact that I enjoy this coffee, and I think you might enjoy it too. And if you like to drink coffee, why not have some Couchtown coffee? It's roasted right here in Iowa. A musician roasts it. He'll ship it directly to your house. It's it's amazing. Check it out at CouchtownCoffee.com. Find a coffee you like. Let them know how you want it roasted. And all you got to do is grind up the beans when they get to your house. And you can have some amazing coffee. It is so good. Uh, you have to check it out. You just have to try it. Trust me. Go there. Let them know Audible Farm sent you. They'll give you 20% off just because they're that awesome. Thank you, Couchtown. Check it out, everybody. CouchtownCoffee.com. This week I'm sitting down by my lonesome. Uh, you know, I don't know, same, same stuff as usual. Uh, I have busier weeks than other weeks, and I, I planned ahead pretty well there for a while, and I was way ahead of the curve, and now I'm behind the curve again. So, I don't know. I just, uh, I just It's a solo episode this week. I, I'm going to talk about a handful of different things, such as uh, hiring a sound person to run sound for you, and, and just things of that nature. Um me kind of being nostalgic and and missing the days of having a guitar shop around like those types of things so it's uh it's just gonna be a little solo episode i banter a little bit i talk about some other things Uh, i talk about some people i ran into at some shows and things like that so it's pretty nifty hope you guys enjoy it it's gonna be a little short one this week but it's uh it's there it's episode 196 and it's a solo episode it's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Short episode this week. Don't really have a whole lot to talk about, but I did kind of want to touch base on a few things. So it has been, uh, started out kind of a slower year this year for me as far as playing shows and going and doing things, but, you know, as per usual, summertime has picked up and now we're about, you know, halfway through the summertime and it's, uh, it's been a really, really busy summer. It's been crazy. I've been playing a lot of shows with Jesse Wilson. I've been booking shows with Clint Riedel as well. Um, not, you know, not always playing with both of them. You know, sometimes Jesse does solo shows and sometimes, Clint will do solo shows and sometimes he'll bring other people with him and you know it's just kind of one of those lovely things about the music scene is is being able to play with other people and getting to know them uh you know going to jam nights has always been a great way to kind of interact with people it makes me kind of miss the days of I mean there's still guitar shops and they still exist but I mean there used to be the days where there were multiple guitar shops and you know in towns and you could go to different guitar shops and they all kind of offered different things and some of them had different services they could offer and you know they were always like oh this one's got a cool bulletin board where people are putting stuff up you know and I've, it's all been kind of replaced by facebook and things of that nature i mean it's it's not like it's dead and gone but it is one of those things that has kind of gone by the wayside you know um 
you can still go to places like Guitar Center and things like that, or there are local shops that still do exist, but it seems, you know, the selection's low, and it's just kind of the nature of the beast. It's the way, you know, the economy has gone, and the way just everything has kind of worked. It's hard to have a shop with everything on hand when you can go online and find anything you want. So, you know, it's not there's not always stuff in stock, but, you know, I guess one of the things that they do offer having those kind of local shops is the services they provide as far as, like, some of them give guitar lessons and other ones do guitar setups and guitar works and things like that. And, and other ones can help, you know, find you used gears and, you know, I think used gear and things like that. So, you know, if you're looking for things and you don't have the time to sit there and cruise around the internet all day long, you know, they might have the ability to find some of that stuff. Or, you know, if you know somebody, you can put a bug in their ear and say, Hey, I'm kind of looking for these types of guitars. So if you find any, just hit me up and, you know, maybe if somebody comes in with a trade in, they'll, they'll get a hold of you and that'll be a good way to get a hold of some gear that you've wanted for a while that you just can't find online or can't find anywhere. And it's a, it's a nice way to kind of pay back to the community too. Cause I, I, I don't want to say like I worked for a guitar shop, but I did guitar lessons out of a guitar shop for a while. And now I just kind of do them on the side and there's no guitar shop in, in my hometown anymore, but it uh, it was nice to have one around. I used to just go down there and kind of hang out for an hour every now and then and just kind of see what was going on. Um, it was kind of when I was starting to really play guitar more and kind of about the time I started this podcast. And, uh, you know, I just kind of miss it. I just kind of miss those those kind of days and those kind of things. And uh, like I said, though, there are still things that are offered by these music shops that may or may not have a lot of items in supply. Uh, a lot of times, believe it or not, they have you know, things like guitar strings and things of that nature. And they're, they're barely more expensive than online, which is, you know, kind of mind blowing. It's like you, they sacrifice, you know, they have to make it somewhat comparable, but it's still one of those things where it's like, man, I I understand if I had a small shop, I'd have a hard time, you know, just being like, cool. I sold a pack of guitar strings. You know, I, I made, you know, 30 or 40 cents or whatever it ends up being. It's like, Oh, that's not very much money. You know, they'd have to sell a lot of guitar strings to kind of make it. So it's one of those things where taking taking advantage of some of those places, um, the services they offer, uh, you know, just like I said, going in there for guitar setups and things like that, that, that does, you know, that is pretty helpful. It's, it's a pretty awesome thing. And there are places like that in, you know, within a short driving distance of most towns. So I do know they still exist. I, I, I know there's a lot of guitar shops that are still thriving and doing well, but it's uh, one of those things where they just don't have they don't have the same business model they used to. So it's a lot tougher. Like I do know a lot of shops that are still doing really well. They're actually going out and uh, like running their shops online as well as having like a physical shop. And that way they can kind of flip guitars online if they need to or things like that, you know, just kind of get, get some of their inventory moving one way or the other, you know, and reach a bigger audience than just the people who are walking in on foot traffic. And it's, it's just the way it goes. I mean, if, if you think about, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, everybody wanted to play guitar, you know, and there was guitar shops everywhere and every town had at least one. And I mean, it wasn't a rare thing. And now there's not as many people play instruments and it's just kind of the digital age and the technological age of the way things are going. So, uh, you know, that's just kind of, like I said, the nature of the beast and it's unfortunate, but it, it is pretty cool. I do miss those types of things. I do miss having the ability to go to a place and, and see people and meet people like that. But that's one reason I like going to jam nights. That's uh, it always comes back to that. It's one of the best places because you kind of never know who's gonna show up and who's who's gonna swing by. You know, um, at the jam nights in Barnum, you know, Dan Zier's been 
showing up for a while and he's been playing slide guitar and things of that nature and i've i should probably get him on the podcast to talk to him about it because he's got a good musical outlook uh, i recall asking him at a recent jam night uh it's <laughs> i keep trying to pull some hot button issues out of people and just kind of poking and prodding it just to get their real opinion on some things so it's like man there's there's a lot of songs i could kind of go the rest of my life without ever hearing or or playing or things like that and i'd be okay with it and, and so I asked him, like, does he have any songs like that? And, like, what would they be? And he's just like, ah, I just like playing music. And it's like, that's probably the most wholesome answer from one of the most wholesome people I've ever heard in my entire life. Because it's true. It doesn't matter who's playing at the jam night. Uh, Dan will slide on in there and play with you. Uh, pun intended, maybe, with the slide? I don't know. But, yeah. So, yeah, he'll come in there. Play, he'll play slide guitar to anything. I mean, and it fits really well. He figures it all out. And uh, it's just tons of fun to have him around. Sometimes we'll just be like, this song needs a lot of slides. So we'll let him take all the solos. And it's just, it's just such a blast to have someone like that around. And I think some of that also comes down to the fact that I've been to so many jam nights that uh, anytime anybody that's like out of the whole, like, you know, just dr- drums, guitar, acoustic, bass, and like anything outside of that is just kind of like, whoa, this is cool. Like sometimes there's a guy that'll come and he'll bring like a, a wash tub bass. And that's that's pretty sweet too. It's fun to see those kind of people. It's also kind of neat to, you know, have talked about this jam night. Um, and I, it's not because of this that it's happening. It's just the music scene is starting to, to rev back up again uh, the way it was once before. And there's a lot of jam nights popping up in the bigger cities. I recall seeing there's like seven or eight in Des Moines or the surrounding areas that are happening. I, I think I saw there was one maybe in Ankeny or Ames. There might have been one on, on a couple different nights. And these are just open mic night type jam things where you can show up and you can just tell everybody it's, you know, 12 bar blues and A, or you can just kind of lead people through your songs, or you can go up and do solo stuff or whatever, you know, it's, it, it depends on the show and where you're at, how they kind of run it. Some of them have like a sign up you got to sign up for, and that's, it, it, <laughs> that's kind of a tough one, because sometimes you just get rotated in and you're just playing along with somebody else and you don't really get to pick the songs. And it's, it, it just kind of depends on what kind of show it is and where it's at, but the those open mic nights and those jam nights, it's so fun to go up there and just see people playing off the cuff and you'll run into people that you're just like, this person's amazing. I got to talk to them about something. And then sometimes people show up and, you know, can pull in gigs out of it. I do know there's a lot of people that go to jam nights, not, not just around here, but other places too. And they kind of just scout out who's there and what they're doing because the uh, small band, you know, solo singer songwriter type acts are really kind of popular now. And that's one thing that there's a lot of people out there doing is uh, just showing up to jam nights and doing those types of songs and playing those types of things. And, you know, if they, they're just like, Hey, I like this. Can you, you, would you do a couple hours solo or whatever? And that's, that's a case that happened at a recent jam night I was at actually, where uh, a musician decided, he was just like, Hey, you're pretty good. And you're actually like from around here. So what we should do is uh, just put you on, you know, in the front of a show that I'm I'm booked at, and you can just take an hour, and and I'll pay you. It's almost like subletting an apartment, you know, or something like that. But it's pretty cool that there's people that are willing to do that kind of thing around around this area. You know, just give up a little bit of their pay to give somebody else just a slice of the pie. And it's I know that happens elsewhere, and I've talked about it on prior podcasts. But it's it is it makes me smile so much to know that ha- that happens. You know. And I, I'm not a singer songwriter, so I don't have any ability to like control any of that. It's just, this is just me as uh, a spectator, uh, as to what's going on. I, it's not, I guess just, it's human nature to just kind of want to be like, you want to share, but at the same time you want to be like, I want to make sure I get enough for me. 
you know, so there's like a little bit of that uh, cognitive dissonance, I guess, that kind of goes into some of that. So it's just nice to see there's people out there, you know, doing a wholesome thing for great people. And, and it's, it's really fun. So yeah, at a recent jam night, somebody that is, was from the area I grew up uh, has since moved away and they were back doing some work or visiting or something and had, it was like, I had a night off. So I figured I'd swing over to the jam night and, s- and see what's going on. So they came over to the jam night in, in Barnum, Iowa and uh, played a few songs and, and it was Patrick Tecklenburg. Uh, Patrick the Gathering is how, uh, I think that's his band or his, his artist name on Facebook if anyone wants to look him up. But uh, he's going to be playing a show here this weekend in Fort Dodge. Uh, he's going to be opening up for Clint Riedel at bootleggers i figured i'd plug that one there so that's that's pretty cool another cool thing about patrick is like i grew up like kind of around patrick's family but he was quite a bit younger than me and we're from a small town so i kind of knew who he was but that's about all it was and then uh i come come to find out that you know some people i was friends with it's like oh you're relatively the same age how did i not know patrick that well and then patrick had already like moved away so come to find out Patrick's been listening to the podcast for like two plus years like almost every single week (laughs) sometimes messaging me and stuff and being like cool it's like that is wild that that works like that you know and I get it that he's you know he's got that hometown he's from near me so there's probably a little bit of that that goes into it but at the same time it's really cool to know that there's people out there listening every single week so thank you guys very much for listening every single week I got to throw that out there but uh you know Patrick, it's pretty cool, you know, listens, and he's like, oh, I, gotta, I, had to, I had to come to the, jam, you know, Barnum Jam Night, you always talk about it, and he showed up and ended up, you know, booking a little little side gig out of it up here in this area, so it's really cool to, to know that that's a cool thing, and he, it's not like this is the first time he's ever played in public, he plays shows, I believe, down in the Cedar Rapids area, if I'm not mistaken, which I've said before, like, might be one of the, the cooler music scenes around, because it just seems like there's so many places, and there's so many different types of bands, and there's Every, there's so many different talented people down there. It's it's really kind of cool. So to know that he's getting in on some shows down there, it's it's cool. And you know, it me, to me, it, it just like oh, it must he must be serious business if he's down there booking shows down there. Uh, you know, but once again, I'm not a singer songwriter type kind of person. So it is really cool to see that he's out there just crushing it in that aspect. And he's going to be up here in, in my area playing some music. And uh, I guess. I don't know. It, it is kind of cool too. I will be at that show as well playing. I will be playing with Clint Riedel and uh, it's going to be really fun to actually to you know have shared a stage with him, which is also another wild thing. So like for so long I played with Three Finger Betty and that's like all we did was shared stages with bands where it's like I'll you know we'll play 45 minutes or whatever an hour and then you'll play, you know, 30 45 minutes an hour or whatever and then you know blah blah the headliner etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And so, you know, transition into playing cover bands type music, singer songwriter type things. And it, a lot of those are just like, we're booked for three hours, like just us. So we have to do it. You know, it's like, oh, there's no openers, no nothing or whatever. Or if you, you know, maybe booked a four hour show or a two hour show or whatever it happens to be. But it, I, you know, we've started seeing it around a little bit with some of the bigger bands that can draw a lot of people. It's just like, hey, we're going to start throwing an opener out there. It's like, well, why don't we just do that on a smaller scale, you know, at, at somewhere like bootleggers or whatever, because down, you know, you find a place that you know will have an audience that will be receptive to it, that will enjoy it, uh, and a, a venue, a place that booked you that will be okay with that happening. So that's another really cool thing. Uh, one of the 
first times I think something like that happened at a show I was at was by happenstance. And it was a show I was playing with uh, Jesse Wilson and Lee Klett. This was the first time I ever met him. I'm actually, uh, for people on the Patreon, you get to see this. I'm wearing the boys hat. Uh, but yeah, so Lee Klett, the boys, uh, he was down there and we ended up being at a place that was that double booked. So they had booked him and us. And what we did was we played and then we let him play during our intermission. And we were just like, play like five more, like whatever, just keep crushing it. So we, you know, we let him, you know, come in and play a few songs and he ended up getting another booking out of it. And we ended up getting another booking out of it. And, you know, crazy enough, uh, him and Jesse Wilson have actually like shared a stage before doing, uh, I don't even know what you want to call it. It's like a, a duo build show where like, Someone gets to play a little solo stuff, and then then the other person comes up and plays a little solo stuff, and then we'll we'll switch back to the other person. Then you come back up and do a little duo thing, and then you go back to the one. Per- and so it's like kind of cool. They can kind of switch back and forth always, and have each other up there, and have one person up there, and just kind of swap it out. It's it's such a neat concept to a show that I don't think I've ever seen before. Where if you if you organize it well enough, you can kind of pull it off in a fashion where nobody's ever not entertained, and you know, if, if it's one of those things where they came to see one person more than the other, they could end up still being, you know, still loving the show just based on the fact that if there's enough switch off time between them and nobody ever kind of gets tired of listening to one person more than the other. And it's just such a fun concept instead of just, you know, having like a, an opener and then a middle and then a closer or whatever. But at the same time, it's a lot easier when you're a singer songwriter and all you got to do is plug in an acoustic and you're just like, well, we're ready and then it's that's it you know so it might be a little easier to pull it off with a uh, solo acts uh doing that but hey if there's any solo acts listening to this and you're just like i get i'm getting tired of the same old mumbo jumbo or whatever that might be something to look into to kind of you know see what's going on the only downside i could see to any of that would be the fact that you know you're probably going to end up taking a small pay cut um well maybe maybe not depending on where you're at and what you're getting booked and how long you're playing etc but you know, it's one of those things where you might you might not make quite as much money if you have to split it with somebody else and you and you book it a certain way. But there might be ways around that for the business savvy people out there. Um, man, I'm so glad I don't like book too many shows. It's uh, it's not terrible, but it's uh, it is there is some business savvy involved, and it's sometimes just something I don't want to deal with because I just want to play the music. So, uh, hats off to everyone out there booking shows on both ends, both the venues and the musicians. Um, you know, you know the musicians have to sell something to somebody and and the venues uh, just have to deal with musicians, I guess, which, you know, <laughs> whatever, I guess. But yeah, it, it's just such a fun concept to sit out there and just think about all the different ways you can go out and play shows and do things like that. So um, yeah, Lee Klett, once again, I'm wearing the boys hat for everybody on um, the Patreon. You can see this. Last week, we had a little glitch with the Patreon. I talked about it a little bit. I have no clue what's going on. I think it may be time to replace the camera I've been using. It's uh, just not registering very much in the in the form of data. It just like for some reason it's just not working right. And I've tried formatting it in every way I can figure out, and it just is not showing much open space. So I don't know. Maybe I'll have to um, do something about that. But yeah, otherwise, Patreon's still going. I'm trying to figure uh, something out. I do have like I almost made a hoodie order. I just, I like sent them like how much I wanted and stuff. And I, I was just like, 
I'll double check. I'll get back with you this weekend. I never got back to him. So I, I'm that close. There's going to be a hoodie order coming out. I had enough people message me saying they wanted hoodies. And, uh, for everyone that messaged me, uh, I'm just going to consider that a, a pre-order. And if you pick them up, I'll give them to you at a discount. So, uh, hats off to everybody that messaged me ahead of time when I put out a little feeler asking if anybody would want to buy them and, uh, you know, hats off to you guys. So appreciate it very much. And, uh, hoodies should be coming back in, uh, pretty basic hoodies but they should be coming back in you know it's a it's it's your three color design on the back there's nothing on the front they're easily the most comfortable hoodies i've ever had and that's just one of those things where if if they're still making them the same way they were making them when i had my first order made it's uh their lights out i don't know they're like my favorite hoodies they work really well uh in pretty much all kinds of weather they're not quite like a winter hoodie but they're still pretty pretty awesome comfy and warm that's the way to be that's the best way to be Merch has been another thing that's been kind of, I've been getting behind on, and uh, I don't want to say I've been getting behind on a lot of things, but it's, I've been finding it more and more tough to kind of balance everything out uh, doing what I do, and it's, it's no, it's nobody's fault but my own, and it's not like me trying to say I'm busy, I just need to stay on task more often, I've found myself uh, being more lethargic, I think some of that's the heat outside, and some of it might, you know, might just be the fact that uh, sometimes when you put too much on your plate, you just get a little overwhelmed. So I, I don't think I'm going to get rid of anything in my life, but I, I still think I'm trying to figure out exactly what the best way to balance everything is. And it's, it's been kind of tough, but you know, like I said, you get so used to it in the winter time where it's just like, I have this much stuff to do. And then the summertime comes around and you have all this stuff to do it. And you know, I'm not the only one. I I do give guitar lessons and it's crazy because certain weeks it's like, we can't do this week because we have X, Y, Z to do, but we can do it next week. And then you think like, oh yeah, the, all these kids are busy with like everything going on in the summer. They're going on trips and they're going to summer camps and all this other stuff, you know? So you think about all this crazy stuff that's, that, you know, I was doing when I was younger and it's just all summer's always been busier. You know, it's just, it's one of my friends recently told me, you know, summertime's when the good stuff happens, you know, that's, I've been like sending him messages lately where it's like, Hey man, I haven't seen you in a while, but it's crazy. Like all these memories keep popping up on all these social media sites that I'm on. And it's just like, check this out. We were doing this X amount of years ago and that X and he's just like, yeah, yep. Summertime's when all the cool stuff happens. And it's like, yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of a, you know, melancholy way to say it almost, but yeah, it is when all the fun stuff happens. There's not a whole lot going on in the winter time around here, but uh, it's you know the summertime shows I've been taking full advantage of playing shows uh, outside and doing things like that anytime I can I absolutely love playing the outdoor shows a few of them have been uh, just absolutely toasty just like getting roasted in the sun all day long uh, you know three hours or whatever just standing there getting blasted in the face and it's it takes a lot out of you so make sure you hydrate up if you're out there playing those outdoor shows especially the ones in the sun and uh, for people that may or may not be bookers that are listening to this show, if you're going to be booking shows, maybe uh, find an awning or uh, plan accordingly, I guess. Uh, one of the funnest things ever was the band shell in Eagle Grove that we played at last year that the Pork Tornadoes played at and uh, this year as well. But that show was... Um, the band shell is facing the correct way. So the band is not in the sun while the sun's going down, which is like one of the coolest things ever. Uh, hats off to whoever designed that. I gotta say that's, that's pretty sweet. And you know, it's not something that uh, a lot of people think too much about. Sometimes they're just like, you know, if, if 
I just call up these people and tell them to play for this long, they'll, everything else will just work out. But, you know, booking shows isn't easy uh, on either end. So, well, once again, it's just, uh, it's, it's just such a tough thing. You know, sometimes it's you show up and it's like, well, they don't know what they're doing. And then sometimes you show up, it's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, what are we supposed to be doing? And then you have to like ask them. So it is, it's one of those things where you just kind of have a little uh, give on both ends and everything should work out. Okay. And I, I will have to say in like the hundreds and hundreds of shows I've played over the last five years, I don't think I've ever had, I don't think I've ever had a show that was like just an absolute train wreck where it's like, nobody knows what's going on here. This is the dumbest thing ever. You know, like I've never had any shows that are really that, that crazy. I'm trying to think, um, like the closest might be playing like a house show, but even then that should be like understood if you're like on a house show with a bunch of bands that it might be a little weird at times, but, um, yeah, I think that, you know, that those might be like some of the only situations where it's like, this is odd. I got to park like a block and a half away and like haul all my stuff, but it's a, it'll work or whatever. But I've played shows in like, you know, reputable venues that I had to park that far away and haul all my stuff, which is also pretty funny to do. I've done, I've done a lot of that. Like, uh, there's a few places like downtown shows in certain cities where you go to play at and you're just like, Oh, this is the closest I can get. And then you just have to make do with it. So you're, you know, you, you just hope your stuff's on casters if, if it is, but absolutely. This is a, this has been a, a short solo episode and I don't really feel like I need to fill too much more time. Cause I, at this point I feel like I'm kind of rambling and I may or may not be out of topics. Uh, I, I may have, you know, I guess the only other topic I might bridge at this point would be the fact that I played with a paid sound person at a show, a reputable one from our area that's done many shows that, you know, they charge a decent amount of money, but at the same time, it's, it's more than worth it for what was provided. I will tell you that straight away. Uh, absolutely. So like if you're ever on the fence about maybe ordering a sound person or something, you know, see if you can find like an introductory package or a small deal or, or get on a show that they're, they're booking or go find somebody that they book with, you know, be like, Hey, can I like come watch you do what you're doing at a, you know, at a show you're already booked at. And then, you know, then you can kind of get an idea, you know, just hit them up, see if there's some way to get a hold of them. Cause I'll tell you what. I've played with a lot of sound people in my day, and sometimes I'm kind of skeptical when it comes down to the sound person, but uh, the good ones stick it out, and the good ones last for a long time, and those are the ones that you will start to realize, like, these are the people I should be having around, you know, running my sound. So, if you can find a sound person you trust to make it sound good, I mean, like, the, there's no, there's almost nothing better than that. I mean, at fir- like I said, at first, it's, like, a little stressful, because you're like, everything's in this person's hands, I don't know, I just don't know but uh yeah like i said when you find the ones you like and you you just trust them you're just like oh such a weight lifted off my shoulders like i don't have to do anything you just explain like everything's at this volume i have like one pedal that makes a little bit louder but it it, like you know that's the one that you want to test like the gain stage on to make sure you're not going to blow out you know the input volume or something like that you know instantly like by hitting a certain pedal so you just tell them like things like that and you're just like hey you know just mix it all together if they have any advice for you like pull this one down a touch or whatever bring all these up and whammo we should be good to go and that's the end of the you know that's the name of the tune and they'll make it sound good i mean that's what they're there for they're they're they are there to get paid like just like you're playing your instrument they're playing their instrument which is you know i guess in this sense like an ipad or like you know the ones and twos or whatever 
Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Hired a sound person. Uh, like I said, Mark Gales was our sound person. I'd seen him run sound at a pile of places. Always crushes it. He's one of my favorite people to, to kind of go hang out with and, and talk to at these shows. He's, he just, I don't know. I just look at some sound people and they're just like little wizards, just flipping stuff and twisting knobs and boom. And they're like, I want this. And it's like, click, click this one over here. Boom. You know, move a couple of faders done. The other person says, I want some more of this in the wedge up here. And it's just like, click, click, boom, this thing, that thing over there, boom, done. Like, <laughs> just, oh, okay. It's that easy. Like, I would, I mean, it is that easy, but at the same time, it's it's not. So hats off to those those people out there just doing that work. Sound people, um, when you find a good one, hold on to them. And if uh, you see a good one out in the wild, get, you know, get in touch with them. See if maybe, if you ever have a show where you're just like, man, my... I got a pretty big sound system, but I don't think it's going to cut it. So what you do is you uh, find the sound person and you ask them to help. And, you know, a lot of times it's not just like, well, they have their own systems a lot of times. Like almost every single one of them I know that's, like I said, quote unquote, like reputable has their own system. I do know some people that will even just come run your system if you want, you know, where it's like, hey, I mean, if I don't have to drag anything anywhere like my rate will go down i don't have to like haul a trailer full of speakers like cool so if you have a system you want me to run just bring it you know let me know how it runs and boom a lot of times they're smart enough to figure out how to run it anyways so it's it's like i said if it was one of my first times working like in a street dance sense with like a cover or a sound person you know like with a cover band so it ended up working out really good. It was one of the best. I feel like it was one of the best sounding shows, one of the best looking shows. And like I said, it was like, it was like a huge weight was lifted off me that I, I, cause it's not like it's my responsibility, but I am kind of like the sound guy at uh, a decent amount of Jesse's shows. And there's some nights where I'm just like, man, I nailed it tonight. And there's other shows where I'm just like, I could have done better, you know? And everyone has those days and everyone has those shows and it's unfortunate but like i said those sound guys are out there crushing it It seems like every single night you know and sometimes we're like i'm fighting this thing and i can't figure out why it doesn't sound right i'm like i don't even hear what you're hearing it sounds amazing you know and i'm a musician so i'm usually pretty picky about this stuff but you know hats off to to all the sound people out there running sound uh pretty much the unsung heroes of a lot of shows that you don't you don't ever think about like i just love you know giving the sound person a high five and just saying, good job. Thank you. Appreciate it. Or whatever. Like, uh, <laughs> there's certain venues I've been to where like the sound person is also running the lights at the show. And sometimes I'll go somewhere like when a song's over, I'll just like run back there and just be like, Oh, the, the lights were insane at this part. And they're like, yeah, you know, uh, that's what I'm doing up here. But it's, it's just, it's cool to know that there's people out there doing that. And there are some light people that run light rigs and things like that around, the north central Iowa area, I, I wouldn't assume the Des Moines area would, would be, you know, any less. So, uh, that's one thing I haven't found too many of, but like I said, I do know there's, I do know of like two or three. So I do know some exist and there's gotta be some more out there, but yeah, like that'd be a, a fun topic to bridge. Does anybody know anybody that runs lights? Like that just has like a light show they'll come in and bring that, you know, with like a DMX controller, I think is what is, is that what it's called? DMX? those little it looks like a little tiny mixer but it's for lights yeah i think that's what it's called i'm not gonna look it up i'm just gonna hang the episode off on that one so uh yeah anyways hats off to everybody that listened to this episode it got a little rambly at the end i said i was gonna end it like 10 minutes ago but here we are all right half an hour episode not too shabby for a solo one i'm really out of topics now so uh i'll see you in the outro thanks 
and here we are at the outro. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. You can check out all the Audible Farm stuff online. There's Audible Farm Shop. Uh, you can go shop.audiblefarm.com. That's where it's at. Uh, otherwise, there's links to it at audiblefarm.com as well. Uh, I, I'd mentioned it a little bit in here. I got some hoodies coming in. I need to make the order. As a matter of fact, I'm going to send out the text and uh, get those ordered up here pretty quick. So, yes, hoodies will be back in. It's like 90 degrees out, and people are just like, oh, God, I have a hoodie. Make sure you save me one. It's like, oh, I'll save you one. I'll save you one. But holy moly, I can't believe how, how many people want hoodies. But some nights it does get a little chilly, and fall is just around the corner. So snag a hoodie while we got them, because I'm not sure... It's the same as usual. I, I, I was, I'm always like, I'm gonna have all this merch, and I'm always gonna have it on hand. And then, you buy a bunch, and you sell out of a bunch, and it's like I should just order some more. But uh, I've made those like second orders before, where it's like I'll order another round because everybody says they want them, and it doesn't always work out. So, uh, snag them while you got them. I've fallen victim to this so much. Uh, I've learned that it, you know, it shows where you just. If they got something you want, just buy it from the band then. Don't be like, I'll buy it a couple weeks from now and I'll just tell them to mail it to me or something. Like, don't do it. Just just get it while you got it. Kind of like uh, my Riddled with Class shirt. I got one of those finally, and I'm so glad I didn't wait because it's not like they're not going to order more, but, you know, when they run out, you never know. You never know what's going to happen, but I got one now, and I'm going to wear it all the time. Who wouldn't want to wear a shirt that says Riddled with Class? It's almost, you know... I don't know. It is what it is. It's hilarious. I think it's fun. I'm going to wear it. I'm definitely going to wear it at some punk shows. So, uh, yeah, while I'm plugging my merch, I guess I'll plug someone else's merch. Uh, yeah, audiblefarm.com for all the Audible Farm goodness. Let me know where you're listening. Leave us a review. Like, subscribe, share. Uh, you know, the reviews don't always have to be positive. If you're just like, this is horrible. This, this has gone downhill. Like, just let me know. Just be like, no more solo episodes. I'm tired of it. You know? <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, all kidding aside, you, uh, seriously, leave, uh, leave us a review if you want to, or uh, subscribe on YouTube or wherever you're at if you're listening to this. Uh, I just got to say thank you guys very, very much for this. Uh, if you have any topics you want to approach me with, hit, hit me up, social media. Uh, I'm all over there, Audible Farm, at Audible Farm, pretty much on everything. So check it out. All right. Uh, oh, yeah, also the Patreon. Had, a, had a, something happening last week, didn't work. This week, it'll be there. It'll be there. So check it out, Patreon. You guys are, uh, it's a dollar a month. Get all the video versions of this. It's $12 a year. That's it's less than like a month worth of anything. So, yeah. I don't even know. $12 does, $12 doesn't get you no used to anymore. All right, I'm out of here. That's enough of this. Uh, thanks, everybody. We'll check you next week. Peace.